You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. And hey, we uh, we got a little four-pack of Gopher Hockey tickets to give away right now to the live listening audience. Or if you're watching us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash score north. Let's, uh, we got four, four tickets and a parking pass to Gophers Arizona State. That's right, Arizona State has a hockey team. If yeah. you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's for this Friday, March 1st, 7 o'clock at 3M Arena at Mariucci. And let's just make it simple. Caller number 5, 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. You don't even have to do anything. You just literally be caller number 5. We'll make it harder in the future, but it's your lucky day. Arizona State, huh? All right. Should be a good series. That's a lot of travel for them, I feel like. To play anyone, like to play any hockey team, the actual, they have to travel halfway across I the country. I believe right? I read I read something in the past few days. The uh, Pac-12 is moving towards trying to uh, become a hockey conference at some point. So they're actually going to be incorporating more teams out west. So like UCLA is going to have a hockey team yeah, or something? something like that. USC, perhaps. Well, if, the, if the LA Kings can win multiple but, Stanley Cups, yeah, you could you do think it. that USC could have a hockey team. I feel like Arizona State hockey is the college hockey equivalent of the Jamaican bobsled team. Okay, like, kind they, of is. Isn't <laughs> it? Like they just they have no Nevada's business got a team too playing that sport. <laughs> except, except if they call you and and you're a youth and you're a pretty good player. And they're like, uh, yeah, I know you're being recruited by Minnesota, UMD, Penn State, Ohio State, but we'd like you to play for for us. At some point in time, you're going to be like, hold on a second, so I can wear shorts to class, get a full ride, go golfing, and play hockey. Okay. Yes. Where do I sign? Yeah, right? okay. I feel like, there. speaking of uh, hockey and the Minnesota Wild, I feel like we saw... Every range of emotion from Judd Zolgad yesterday coming back from New York and that Paul Fenton pulls the trigger for the third third member of the nucleus. He he winds up dealing Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle and then finally McCall Granlund. And I, I could hear Judd on the plane. Just like, yes. Yep. Break up the band, finally. I wrote a column from the Newark airport. And then Judd gets on a plane and lands and sees, wait, Eric Stahl contract extension? I got home and I ripped it <laughs> because I'm a man who's all over the map. He praises Paul Fenton in his first column and then comes back and rips Paul Fenton later on that Plenty day. Plenty of room online okay. to write. <laughs> so what was your ultimate takeaway? The, the floor is yours here oh, now that you have a microphone. I'm delighted to see the breaking up of those three players. I think Zucker's probably next. And, and there was a report, I guess, out there that uh, that the Wild was talking to Calgary about trading Zucker to the Flames that fell through. So I think those four, those four, I think Fenton had every intention of trading. And I'm, that's fine. Um, Suter, Parisi, and that group, he stuck with. Koivu, no trades, can't move them. And I get that. But I think that that next group who, who we thought, what now, five years back? Oh my gosh, this group's going to come through and, and help this team to a Stanley Cup run didn't get there. And at some point in time, you had to trade them. So people are all upset. People are upset because they like these players and they, they'd grown accustomed to seeing them and they, 
bought their 64 jerseys and three jerseys. And I always find it funny that fans can't accept the fact that at some point it just didn't work. So ecstatic about that. Here's what confuses me about the stall contract that I completely don't get. They reportedly tried to trade him. They tried to trade him, I think, to Boston. He, he had a list of 10 teams that he could block trades to. Boston was on that list. And Eric Stahl said no. And so, so instead of being like, okay, you're, you're 34, you're not playing great, and, and we had a chance to trade you probably for a draft pick, and you said no, then it's going to be done here. They said, okay, and we'll extend you. And we'll give you another modified no trade clause. I don't get that. He, he's now signed through his age 36 year. I, I get giving him a cheap extension because it's cheap. I get that if you can turn around in a year and trade him. But if he can block it again, he clearly wants to be here, which is fantastic. But if he wants to be here, the leverage is all yours, right? So that's where I was confused about the fact that he again was given a say on if he's traded or not. But don't you think there's some value in your, because now your young nucleus is even younger. You're getting rid of the 26 and 27 year olds. And now you're like, now you're shifting to 21 and 22 year olds, right? I like that. Don't you think there is value in making sure there's at least a few good veteran players? Tracy Stahl. Koivu, still here. Right. So, but but, but I wouldn't say, go with four. Like, I, you you don't need four. I've got three I'm stuck with. I can't move them. And Koivu, un- unfortunately, was signed to too high of contract and is going to go into the third year of that contract. And at some point in time, he'll, he'll be back from the ACL tear. So with three guys back, I just, the one thing that I would have stripped away from Stahl would, would be the ability in a year to do the exact same thing. Okay. All right. What did you think of my hockey takes yesterday? Did you get a chance I want to, hear, to hear, hear them? No. Oh, I get to do it again? Yes. So let's hear your hockey takes. Replay. Sorry, sorry Rami. No, go for it. <laughs> I was <laughs> called in the airport, <laughs> and I was standing was impressed in line. Too. Today he gets to see it in person. Yesterday yeah. on Twitter he said he was okay. impressed with you. So please, all right. by all means. So I had two, two main takeaways from the Wild at the deadline. Uh, really, the, the stall extension has no bearing on these two takeaways. Like, I'll okay. just sum it up really quick. Number one, I feel like Parisian suitor have taken most of the blame for the seven-year disappointing period. It, it, they've made the playoffs every year, uh, but it's it's largely been viewed as, and I think it's fair to say this, as an underachievement. They've never been to the conference finals, and now we're back coming down the other side of the hill here. Uh, but, I, but I would point the finger less at Parisian Suter and more at the guys they traded, and even maybe a couple guys that are still on the roster. You mean Granlund? Over to Coyle? Niederreiter? Coil, but they didn't. Zucker, but they didn't Zucker. score. They didn't do that enough in the playoffs. For the last three years, Nino and I know that, and I argued. I've argued the other side of this before too, which is, hey, small playoffs are small sample sizes. You can't sometimes goals come in bunches, and but the last three years, Nino, Charlie, and Granlund have played in forty-eight combined playoff games. Yep, they've scored six goals. Yep. So, yep. All right, we can sit here and rip Parisi and Suter, but ultimately. Those guys were the ones everyone looked at and said, "Okay, need to help the veterans. Need to need to complete this uh, this puzzle." And they never really, at least in the playoffs and even in the regular season, I would argue for uh, for Charlie Coyle never did that. And my second takeaway was this is the this is officially the end of the most prominent era in Wild history. I know they had a they had a deeper run fifteen years ago, right? But when the Wilds signed Zach Parisi, for instance, he was 27 years old. He's 34 now. The guys that they traded, two of them anyways, are 27 years old now. Yep. So it's, it's, it's amazing how time flies in the NHL. And this is, I don't, I don't think they're automatically doomed to 
to now be a bottom feeder because they still have enough players on their roster, but it's the end of an era now that you've traded three of those guys. Paul Fenton was brought in to make major changes, and and he's in the midst of doing yeah, he's so. Running to make and tweaks. I think that's completely fair. He's brought in to make tweaks, and I love it. And I love it. I just I get so tired at times of of fan bases falling in love with with players and saying, "How could you trade that guy for that?" And, and our our view of these players gets so out of skew as far as okay, he is a skilled player, but guess what? He didn't win a thing, and he drives you crazy. And at some point, and and Fletcher got a long run. I think the thing that Fenton has done that I really like, though, is he didn't come in and blow out the coach and change things. He basically said, I'm going to come in and watch things. But the realization was this. This group of guys was on their third coach. And if you blamed the coach, that was a losing proposition. So I love the fact that this guy came in and watched this group and identified three or four guys and said, you know what? It's time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incredibly fair. Yeah, Good takes, though. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I agree that. with those takes. Hey, while we're talking about things that I don't watch, how about that Bachelor update that you promised <laughs> yeah. us? <sir? laughs> uh, we got to get you to a hockey game. I, I, will, I will attend a hockey game. I will deliver the Bachelor update to okay. you guys and the worldwide audience. Please. That is Mackie and Jeb with Rami's audience here. Uh-huh. But hold on a second. Tim on line one has a Brett Favre story. Oh, nice. Hey, guys, it's Jim and Tosa. I'm still listening a month and a half later. Awesome, man. Thank he you. Appreciate All right, so, he didn't text you a picture, did he, Tim? Uh, no. Okay. No. All right, just making sure. Even, I'll tell you what, even one better. So back back when uh, back when he lost to the Cowboys and the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl, the, the, the time between the, super, the championship game and the Super Bowl was two weeks. And I went to visit my grandma. I was about 20 years old, and she goes, I mailed Brett Favre a letter to tell him to keep his chin up. And I said, oh, that's great, Grandma. Why don't you stand by the mailbox? I'm sure it'll be, he'll be mailing you back any day now. <laughs> Lo and behold, about 10 days later, my, I go over to my grandma's house, and she says, hey, Mr. Know-it-all, look at this. And here's a letter, handwritten letter from Gulfport, Mississippi, written to my grandma by Brett Favre, <clears throat> half a sheet of notebook paper. And she basically wrote him a keep your chin up, I lived through the depression, da-da-da-da, old lady letter. And he actually sat down and took the time to write her back. He autographed a Skybox card and mailed it back to her. I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. That's pretty amazing. So fast forward a couple of years later, I'm at the, I'm on a bar in Water Street, and my buddies while we walk in, and he goes, hey, there's Don Mikowski. And he goes, hey, there's Brett Favre. And I'm like, wow, I wonder what they're both doing here. So I look, and Brett Favre's got about seven or eight blonde girls all hanging around him. He's, you know, doing his thing. And I go to the bathroom, and I come back, and he's standing there all by himself. And this was right after the Chargers got smoked by the Niners in the Super Bowl. It was that next summer. And I looked at him, and I gave him that, aren't you? And I pointed at him, I'm like, aren't you? And I go, aren't you Dan Humphreys? And he goes, oh, man, why you got to do that to me? And I slapped him <laughs> on the arm and started shooting the breeze at him. And I asked him what he was doing in town. He was playing the Euchre Golf Classic or the Lombardi Golf Classic. He was going to golf with Euchre, and he had never met Euchre before. And I brought up that letter to my gr- from my grandma from, like, two or three years before that. And he, said, and he said something like, yeah, he goes, I didn't write a ton of letters, but I wrote a few that time. And he, and he said something along the line was, wasn't her name like Miss Mary? And I'm like, oh, dude, her name was Mary. And he goes, oh, I was close. Wow. And I could not believe that he actually 
wrote, wrote her back in the first place and actually about three years later actually remembered the letter because of the things that, like, keep your chin up, young kid kind of thing. And I just thought that was incredibly cool. And for him to even remember it a few years later, I thought was even cooler. Yeah. Tim, thanks for sharing that story, man. Thanks, thanks a lot, Tim. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us, even though you're uh, you're on the other side of the wrong state. <laughs> <laughs> he hung up on me before I could deliver that. But That's a great story. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I wonder I wonder if Brett Favre was wearing those super short jorts that are in that draft before he's like taking the phone call. Oh, yeah. With those, those Did you are see great. Baker Mayfield recreate that photo yes. when he was drafted? That was amazing. <laughs> like the detail. If you look at like some of the real fine details of the Brett Favre picture that they included in the Baker Mayfield picture. Amazing. Like, so well done. It was so good. The old school phone, right, too? Yep, the old the school big phone. bulk phone. Yep. All of it, yes. Uh, we have we have the latest in uh, the Ja Rule curse <laughs> development. Can I tell you the thing that put the biggest smile on my face today when I was typing up the rundown for today's show? Typing out latest jaw developments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brightened up my whole day. So happy. Uh, that and uh, got to give you guys that Bachelor update some point here we'll wrap Stop the voice making here. us wait yeah. Yeah. I need it. come on wait, we might have to just put it behind a paywall make people if you want it <laughs> you gotta go to scoreart.com they said this is 90s night so they brought out a 2000 artist <laughs> but my album came out in 99 so i guess that counts sanchez we ready <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> Scratch. Scratch. I guess not. <laughs> oh. Are oh. we ready? Oh. <laughs> uh, and thus began the greatest NBA halftime show in the history of NBA halftime shows and... What I think, guys, you tell me if you think I'm wrong, but the best rivalry in modern Minnesota sports, and that is Ja Rule versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because upon that performance, Ja was getting clowned on Twitter by a lot of people, but the one that he took exception with was the Timberwolves account who tweeted out, we too were hustled, scammed, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray, which is what Ja tweeted out a couple months ago in response to all the controversy surrounding the fire Festival. So they were... Uh, t- I can't using- believe I missed that. <laughs> missed what? The, uh, I, saw the, oh, the I saw the Wolves... No, the, the Wolves tweet. Okay. And, and I saw the fire Festival documentary, and I totally missed the, what the Wolves tweet meant. Oh, you like, didn't, okay. It complete. I can't believe it. Too. That joke went over your head because the Fire Festival thing documentary is fantastic. Amazing. So the good. Netflix one is absolutely great. So Ja tweeted out after that, "You just jinx yourself, jinx, not jinxed. You just jinx yourself talking to the god this way. You're cursed now. You won't win a championship for the next thirty years. And Cat is leaving. All capital letters. Apologize, and I'll lift the curse. Kiss of death." Uh, they never apologized. They never lifted the curse. So last night, there's already, it's been 30 years of worse, <laughs> right. worse than a curse. Exactly. That's so what I said. A how curse would you, is a step up. How would you even know the wolves are cursed? Like, you if, if, things, if things were going badly for the wolves. You won't take Steph Curry. Forward. Oh, wait, they didn't. <laughs> you will trade Stephon Marbury for Ray Allen. Actually, the other way around. I blew the joke. But you get my point. So last night, the wolves knock off the Kings. And Ja is confused because he tweeted out, (laughs) at Sacramento Kings, 
y'all will never win a championship and at Carl Towns is going to leave you in free agency. The curse is strong. So the, he so said he, to he, the he, Sacramento Kings. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I did not. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so did he tweet that after the game? After the game, yes. So he, so he, he was gloating that the Kings lost, even though it's the Wolves who he actually has beef with. <laughs> and then said Carl Anthony Towns is going to leave the Kings, which would be weird because he's not theirs to leave. And then he tweeted out, shout out to the base god. Little be the base god. I've channeled my curse powers from him at Sacramento Kings. You will never win a championship ever. So now he thinks it was the Kings who tweeted him? I guess. And then he finally got it right. He said, at Bucks. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He, he tweeted his, his thanks to the Bucks. He said, you guys were nothing but gracious to me and my team, as were the fans. Nothing but love for y'all and win a championship with the Greek freak. And followed that up with... At Sacramento Kings, at Timberwolves, you've both been hit with the curse. No championships for y'all. And Carl Towns is going to leave in free agency. And then uh, wrapped it up with, uh, or actually, no, the, hold on, what is this one? Yeah, that's the same one that I just read. That was in response to the Sacramento Kings who tweeted out, Hoop Knowledge Worsted Firefest Logistics. Oh, snap. And De'Aaron nice. Fox, who said, you need to curse Milwaukee. Are we ready? I guess, I guess not. not. <laughs> oh. Now, now what, what did take place here? He was supposed to play halftime on Saturday in Milwaukee. He and, did. But it, it didn't start till there was some, halftime like, was te- almost over. There were some technical issues. Okay. And so the halftime show started late, and Giannis came out to shoot jump shots and warm up while and the halftime was show was going on. Okay. And you, I mean, halftime's only twelve minutes anyway. So if you if it gets backed up, you know, what are you gonna? Do? And then Giannis was shooting around while Ja was out there performing. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Ja has twelve minutes of his own material, by the way. He pretty much just mooches off of other people's uh, so, albums the last fifteen. So Josh or Josh, Ja, Ja now knows which team he's upset at again. Well, now he's upset, or with, is he just upset with everybody? Now, now he's upset with the Kings and Wolves because when he got it wrong and yeah. said that Carl Anthony Towns was going to leave the Kings, the Kings and De'Aaron Fox clowned on him, and he he took exception with that too. Yeah, and don't look now with the Wolves beating the Kings last night, gentlemen. They've now won four out of five games. Mm-hmm. Curse. What curse? Four out of five for the Timberwolves. No, that's the curse. They're going to play their way right out of the lottery. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's yes. what it is. This is the jaw curse at work. But they have now, they've caught the Lakers, and the Lakers have done their work coming down to also catch the Timberwolves. And LeBron James is calling out teammates. Lakers are now two games under five hundred. The LeBron James thing, he wasn't calling out his teammates. And I saw it, and I, I made a joke about it on Twitter, and I will say I was wrong. The reporter who asked the question, he clarified later. He said he asked, he implied that there were teammates who were distracted by ah, things okay. in the question, and LeBron just went, man, if people are still distracted by stuff like this, you're in the wrong place. Okay, He wasn't necessarily, but when you clip it and play it with the out of context, just the answer as the answer, it looks like he was throwing his teammates under the bus, but the guy who asked the question made that clarification later on Twitter. Well, maybe LeBron should throw his teammates under the bus because the Lakers are two games under 500. Mm-hmm. The Wolves have caught them, and the Wolves are now two games behind the Kings for the nine seed and only three games behind the Spurs for the eight seed. So, A, and the they Spurs might make the playoffs. The yeah. Well, the, the, and the Spurs, you always look at the Spurs and say, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's Greg Popovich. The Wolves beat the Spurs by 40 points earlier this year. Yeah, they're just not that good. So, this is the worst Spurs team we've seen maybe in, well, since they drafted Tim Duncan, right? 
But do you guys, if this is a real possibility, do you guys want the Wolves to make the playoffs? Or if you had to pick one of two things, because my answer would have been different maybe a few weeks ago, but now that I kind of see this team, I see that Ryan Saunders is willing to put Luol Deng in games and bench Andrew Wiggins when he's bricking shots, and Towns has turned into this ridiculous, even better player now than he was earlier mm-hmm. this year and last year. I would rather them with this nucleus and Ryan Saunders and Rocco coming back. I'd rather them sneak in as the seven or the eight seed, even if it means the Warriors in round one, than them losing a bunch of games and getting a better draft pick. I'm to the point where I'd rather see them make a run, and maybe that's bad for the long-term health of the franchise. The only time in the NBA I think it's it's worth it to go to the playoffs despite no chance of actually winning a championship is if you have what you believe is the core of what could be a championship team and they need to get a feel for what postseason basketball is and learn that process of what it takes to win a championship. Outside of Carl Anthony Towns, do you see anything here that resembles a core of what could one day be a championship basketball team? No, Coving- no, Covington could could be part of the team long-term, though, but I, I just don't see it. Like, it might be fun, but you're going to get bounced so quickly, and you did that a year ago as well. I think I take the draft pick. Because I don't think Saunders' fate is going to be decided if, if oh my gosh, he's made the playoffs and now he's definitely the, the guy. I think that a GM's uh, going to come in and make that decision. So I would take the draft pick. Hey, I have a dumb question. Is this the year they changed the lottery system? Yes. So what are your chances? Let's say you're, the, let's say you're the, the Timberwolves and you just miss out on the playoffs versus the Knicks, who are by far the worst team. What's mm-hmm. the difference in your chance to get the number 1 overall pick now Well, it's going to be before? rigged for the Knicks, so <laughs> their chance is 1,000% right now. But it was that you would get a, I think it was a 25% chance to get the number 1 overall pick, even if you were the worst team, which isn't the greatest chance. It's the cold ping pong ball. Just reach for the cold <laughs> ping pong ball. Is that one of the rumors? Uh, the em- envelopes, supposedly, in the... Uh, Ewing draft, I think, was supposedly uh, frozen. So right now, the uh, the two teams with the worst record in the league, three teams with the worst record in the league, Phoenix, New York, and Cleveland, uh, they would have a each have a fourteen percent chance of getting the top pick in the draft. Minnesota right now has a one point two percent chance of getting the top pick. Okay, so your chances. Your ch- this is kind of my point in that the previous system, I believe it was 22 or 25%. So they've now made it, they've made it so that tanking is not as fruitful with your chances to get the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. So you're protected a little bit in that, let's say you tank, 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 so that you lose every single game the rest of the way. And you mathematically, I don't think you can catch Phoenix and I don't think you can catch uh, the Knicks or even the Cavs. But even if you could, you're looking to catch a 14% chance to win the lottery. That means it's all, it's spread out much more evenly, correct? Yes. Um so, I don't know, I But is a playoff berth going to do that much? Well, but but what's the downside is my question. The, it, now pre like if you're telling me there's man, if you tank, there's a 50% chance you're picking the in the top 3. I'm saying, "All right, well, I don't want to pass up a top 3 pick." But you're kind of past the point of no return that the Suns have 50 losses already. You have 31. You, so you can't catch the Suns. The Knicks have 48 losses. The Cavs have 47 losses. The Bulls have 45 losses. The Hawks have 41 losses. So there's just like five or six teams you cannot catch, even if you tank from this point forward. You've already gone too too far down the path of mm-hmm. trying to make the playoffs. So if it's just about jockeying for position between 
you know, the the twelfth pick versus maybe the eighth pick. I don't think that difference is going to be a franchise changing difference at this point. Where I'd agree with you guys is if you're jockeying between the twelfth pick and the second pick, okay, I'll take my chance. I want I want I want to be in the Zion mix because that's a championship caliber piece to the puzzle. It's not a sure thing that if you get a pick four spots higher that you will get that much better a player. I mean, Giannis was taken, I think, with the 17th pick. Crazy stuff happens, and guys are found yeah. later in rounds that, that end up flourishing into superstars. But, I mean, the the draft is set up the way that it's set up because your odds of finding a better player at 8 are that much better than they are at finding a better player at 12. And whatever that improvement in, in the odds are, no matter how minuscule, I'll take that over whatever benefit you're going to get from making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I just don't see, like I said, without a young core of guys who you plan on one day contending for something, I don't, I don't see the benefit of of getting to the postseason this year and sabotaging your own draft picks and your own lottery chances. And plus, f- find a GM who's going to make a good pick, which has been a big part of the problem here. Right. So find somebody who's going to take that pick and turn it into a, a key component. Mm-hmm. You guys want you guys want the bachelor update here before yes, we wrap the race? Man, I've but been waiting, for, waiting it. for an hour and a half. Right. Okay. So here are the major headlines off last night. <laughs> Breaking. The major headlines, okay? Uh-huh. So this is the critical portion of the Bachelor and Bachelorette <laughs> mm-hmm. where we go from hometowns where Colton gets to visit the families of the four remaining women. Mm-hmm. And then has to, after visiting all their families and being immersed in this is what life would be like if we were married together, he has to go from four down to three right after that happens. Mm-hmm. So devastation. All these gals have caught feelings, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, it was Kalen who caught maybe the most feelings and didn't get one of the final roses. Oh. Or the final rose. Yep. So we said goodbye to Kalen, one of the beauty pageant gals. How'd you take it? Not very well. Okay. I always like to hear well, there were tears. How they took it. It's a little tough. I feel like Kaylin, she's, you know, she's. We really should have highlights of stuff like this. I should, I, yeah, you know, I should like have to hear the Declan. sobbing. Yeah. I, yeah. We can, you know what? Declan, if you can find that, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you can find a clip somewhere of, of Kaylin crying. Just like Heave crying or. No, I think she was. <laughs> like that? <laughs> Sounds like Flipper. Something like that. <laughs> I'm just curious what this sounds. I, I, you know what? I'm all into this update. Okay. Uh, there might be heave crying next week because this Uh-oh. is where the real drama comes in. Uh-huh. Okay. The whole season is built off of Colton, this former NFL, well, NFL player, practice squad guy, practice squad, practice squad guy, right? Which we think, right? He's a tra- I think he was a training camp guy. He's, He's an AAF sure. hopeful. Correct. Yeah. If this doesn't go well, <laughs> or XFL hopeful. You right? don't say. <laughs> but once you get down to three, uh-huh. that's called Fantasy Suite Uh-oh. Week. Uh-oh. But he's a virgin. Don't you have that porn music over there? <laughs> I told you before, I'm also not buying this. This virgin angle, I'm well, not buying We're it. about to find a whole lot more out about Colton when it comes down to Cassie, Tasha and Hannah G. Uh-oh. Okay. And which one of those three is going to win the race to steal Colton's virginity? From <laughs> okay. All right. Wait. That's right. Just quick question. Don't you think that, that they threw in this twist so you, you find out, like in the last ep- episode or two... That he's been lying that, about that, it the whole that time? That was a lie the whole time. Like, this seems to me to be a pretty good piece of the script. When you find out that this guy has been, you know, lost his... 
Virginity at 60. You think it's like a hook for him? It's kind of a, yeah. it's his thing to, it's a real women. And I in. think you would be like, oh man, oh, I knew it. But I don't know if you're, if you're, if you flirted with the NFL and you have 2% body fat and you're relatively good looking from the neck up too, do you really need another thing? Like, oh, well, I guess as I say that, Darren Sharper used to be a weekly guest on the, <laughs> like, there's always weird, like, guys have weird yes. things that they lie about. And it just or, seems like a really interesting part of the show to be like, I didn't see that coming, or I did see that. Coming. I'm just as a, as as a guy who grew up with this body and this face, who knows how hard he worked every time things went well for him with the opposite sex. Like for as easy it w- as it would come for a guy like that, it's it's insane to me to think that it's 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 just never happened. It's just it's never fallen in his lap. It's that that is I'm with Rami. That's literally. insanely hard for me to believe. I'm with Rami. That's insanely hard for me to believe and frustrating and aggravating. Demoralizing. And it makes me mad. Yes, it's demoralizing. <laughs> so if if the three of you, Declan, you're included, if you'd like to come over and watch the fantasy suite week next week. I'd rather hear you're your welcome to. When your is that? Synopsis. Oh, my my accomplishment by the way was and my gal thought, my gal didn't didn't buy this. She said you looked that up. I swear to god I didn't look it up. It's like when you watch wrestling long enough, and Declan knows this too. You can just predict things that are going to happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. right. You can just predict like, oh well, like last night it was super obvious. Oh, Ric Flair's Ric Flair's going to like be beaten up in the back, right? And they're going to it's going to be an angle they set up for a WrestleMania match, hundred percent. And last night you had you had situations playing out. Yeah, they tried to swerve you the production. Like, oh, two of the dads rejected Colton and said, "I wouldn't give you permission to marry my daughter." Uh uh-uh. uh don't let them swerve you. I said, "Listen, Jonna." I'm going to call the order in which these roses will be handed out to these women. Follow along with me, okay? Hannah gets the first rose. Is this B or G? Uh, this is Hannah G. Hannah B is gone? Hannah B is... Okay. She's, she's crying gone. somewhere. She's crying. Mm-hmm. Yep, clearly. Uh, and then it's going to be Tasha with the second one. He's going to have to decide between Cassie, blonde, and Kaylin, pageant queen. Mm-hmm. Here's the conundrum. Kaylin has already professed her love for Colton. Mm-hmm. Cassie... Little on the fence. Mm, playing oh. hard to get. I go Cassie. He chose Cassie oh, for yeah. that logic. That you want to just, you want to, one more week just to see if yep. you can swear, right? Yep. And he chooses Cassie. And it's one of the, it's one of the most proud predictions I think I've ever made in my good career. Good job. Yeah. Well done. Feel good. Well done. So write that down. Hannah G, feeling good about the prediction? You, oh, guys, are, right. you guys are welcome to follow along with me. So next Monday will be the uh, honeymoon suite episode. Or whatever they that's call the it, fantasy the fantasy suite. suite. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. so that's not the episode. That's not the name of your apartment, right? Like that's. <laughs> it might be that's, that's the name of the did, show. Tried to did, name it that one time. He didn't invite us over yeah. in the next breath. He was like, <laughs> yeah. so "Next week is the fantasy so, suite, and if you guys want to come over yeah. and watch." So is is this a slam dunk that that something should take place in this suite, or have have we had problems before? Oh no! Things always happen in this suite. Okay, okay. that's what I'm. I, that's always happen. See, I think this sets up perfectly. This suite is like Mariano Rivera. It always yeah, it always like, closes the deal. Like there's until never... next week though. <laughs> until next week, that's where it could get very intriguing. When he admits that he was not a vir- virgin the whole time, and she gets mad, and we have fireworks. I think if you're I can't him too, you know, whoever finishes runner up, you got to at least oh. give out the Derek Jeter gift basket, right? right. For sure. Like, if you're not going to yeah. get the ring, the yeah. gift basket. So, so Pat. When was the first moment, as we sit here, and it is now uh, on record, the fourth snowiest month in the history of Minnesota? That would be February 2019. When did you know, when did the light bulb go off in your head, I'm going to get a condo in Fort Myers? 
2014, the winter of 2014. Uh, I, I can't even remember. I think that one was just cold and miserable and lasted a long time. Certainly didn't have five feet of snow like you have now. Uh, but uh, I uh, I told the wife I I told the wife in June go down and see if you can find something at a reasonable rate and uh, that's what she did and the first time I ever saw it was January of 2015 when I uh, arrived down here so anyway it was uh, I think though maybe I should put it for sale right now to Minnesotans I might get a prime price huh oh for sure Ra- actually Ra- Ra- Rami's, re- Rami's ready to rock up a, a down payment on that right now I think. <laughs> who can blame him well the the wife came home and then uh, apparently wasn't paying much attention as to when I booked her to return and uh, when I informed her that it was uh, a few days into March the other day, she got very upset with me because she thought it was happening sooner than that. I said, well, you know, you should have told me, honey. Anyway. <laughs> Hello. You are no. We're right here. I'm not getting in the middle of that. No, Pat. That's, no. That you you like... are still a very lucky man to not be here for this utter crap. Hey, don't give me that. It rained this afternoon. Oh no. Oh, I, you, are you, you okay, had to, Pat? Did you have to put the top up? Three forty-eight. The Twins just squeezed in the game in time, and then it started raining. So, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, it, it rained today, and uh, we didn't get to see the uh, these guys play. Uh, have been kind of as most teams do, are playing two different squads, so we didn't get to see the red hot uh, Byron Buxton today. We'll have to wait till tomorrow, I guess. So, what do what do they know that we don't know about their pitching? Because their line, you could make a really strong case for the Twins lineup, especially if Buxton and Sano figured out. But yes, once you get past yes, Jose Barrios uh, and a few relievers, I'm I'm scratching my head a little bit. Well, you got Barrios, Gibson's okay. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I'm not sure how they figure they're going to get this. Uh, they think they've uh, they think they're helping Odorizzi, but even if they do, he's mediocre. Uh, Martin Perez, uh, I I don't know what the, what what the plan is here. You you would the opener. Don't forget the opener, Patrick. Oh, they're gonna. I, I said that the other day. They're gonna they're gonna start sneaking that one in there pretty soon. Yep. And uh, they're, they're, that's that's probably going to happen. I heard a rumor that they might open the season with eleven pitchers because of the way the schedule is. I saw a story, Patrick, that the that the Yankees might use the opener. Well, have you looked at their bullpen? The Yankees they bullpen. Got, they've got they got that Ottavino now to go with Chop Chapman to go with Britton to go with uh, Chad Green to go with Ben Tonsi's. Uh You know they they can use the opener. <laughs> They can go three, three, and three, and you can say, "All right, see you tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yankees are better than the Red. Check that Yankee team out; they're better than the Red Sox. You know, the Red Sox let their the Red Sox have kind of they're hoping that Ryan Brazier and guys like that are for real. The Yankees got five of them uh, that that are for real, especially if Britain is back, as they're saying he is. I mean, the Yankees are just absolutely loaded. That's that team's going to win. The Red Sox better be ready to win 105 again after winning 108 last year because the Yankees are going to win more than 100 with that team. So, their pitching, their starting isn't fantastic, but their bullpen is unbelievable. 
So if if but, the, if the Twins plan on operating that way, Pat, are they going to have to go out and and get another arm before spring training is done, whether it's a starter or a reliever? No, they don't need another reliever, I don't think. But uh, uh, I, they got plenty of options for relief. But uh, the starters, the I don't know. I think they're just going to run them out there and see if it works. And if they have to panic, they'll panic. But uh, they uh, they they think that they're pitching people can help Martin Perez and guys like this, but uh, I don't know. It, that's probably the, uh, wh- wh- who do we want? Who, what start? I don't want Keiko. I mean, he's a slop baller now. I, I don't want to spend a lot of money for Keiko. So who do you want? I mean, if that 45 million over three year offer for Craig Kimbrell still stands, I'm, I'm in on that. No, he he obviously turned that down. Did you see the Jim Bowden story? And you know, Jim Bowden's batting percentage is about 5%, but, uh, he said that Kimball is is so upset he might just sit out the air if the offers don't improve. And then his Which, his agent came out pretty quickly and said, "That's <laughs> no, no, definitely that's not our stance." But <laughs> I mentioned that to Thad Levine, and he said, "I don't think that would be real wise." <laughs> no, you know, to to prove you to prove you're still strong by not pitching is probably not the way to go. But uh, oh, I'd take Kimball, yeah. Three years, fifty million. Hell yes! How about the money Arenado got today? Whoop! Thirty-three yeah. million a year. Is uh, is he the most anonymous star player in baseball right now? I mean, considering oh yeah, I, he's yeah, one of the five best players in baseball, and I feel like not that many people know who he is. Yeah, for some reason, Kyle, I think I think you're stuck in the middle of nowhere more in the mountain district in uh, you know the mountain time zone than even on the west. Than even out in the Midwest, don't you? I mean, Colorado is just invisible because your games start late, but there's no, you know, there's no spotlight shown sh- shined on you at all. So it's uh, yeah, he's he's been allowed to play in complete anonymity, and he's on a Hall of Fame pace to be one, and he's one of the great fielders of all time at third base, and just a fantastically productive. And the Rockies decided to pony up. There must be some. Auxiliary money flowing in here in baseball from some TV uh, cash you know, from, from the, not only TV but uh, in the internet and uh, all that kind of streaming and all that stuff. They got some money flowing in because uh, all of a sudden you get the San Diego and the Rockies ponying up money like that. There's uh, something going on here. Yeah, do we know what the Twins the, the, like? At last check, the Twins had one of the five worst TV deals in baseball. Uh, there was an article in Fangraphs. I don't that, think they got. I don't think they got a new one. What twenty nine million? I think something like that. I, 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 they were talking with them again and trying to work out a new deal, and I don't know if it happened, but I don't think it did because I think uh, FSN's got them, got them for a few more years. That might be one reason you're seeing a rumor that Jim Pollard and other owners want to buy uh, FSN networks. Try it again. Yeah. Uh, what, what were your <laughs> thoughts when you saw that Ja Rule put a curse on the Timberwolves the other night, Pat? Uh, who's Ja Rule? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I've seen his name. I have no idea who he is, but I would guess he's got something to do with hip-hop. Yes. <laughs> Way to go. With a name like Ja yes. Rule. I, I just kind of guess that somehow he's either a producer or a hip-hopper or uh, something. He is, he's a hip-hopper. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think Pat he's would enjoy like the, the Fire Festival from, documentary. I think he's so. like the guy from... He's got like, oh, that jackass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it's Ja Rule. Not jackass, Ja Rule. That was Ja Rule? Yes. That's the fire. Yes. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, well, I'd like to be cursed by that weenie head. That was one of the great. That's a great documentary, man. That thing is. There's two of them, but the one on uh, I think the Netflix one is better. I mean, it's on Hulu too. Yes, yeah, it is. It's uncomfortable to watch at times, but it's. (laughs) I think the Hulu one actually paid. They they paid the guy in prison, Billy, to to talk to them. Netflix didn't, but Mm -hmm. the the Netflix one is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's terrific. I just love the we. You know, I don't feel sorry for any of these weenie heads that you know spent their life savings to go down there because they thought some super bottle was going to take them to bed. What a bunch of idiots! I think the the, the bigger yeah. idiots are the ones that after that all happened uh, still paid a hundred thousand dollars for quote unquote. Nick's VIP tickets in 2017. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like Nick's, Nick's VIP yeah. tickets in 2017. Uh, Pat, we got to run. We'll talk to you tomorrow, all right? See ya. Okay, goodbye, Pat. All right, see ya. <laughs> I know this guy just like scammed $27 million, but hey, we've got Nick's VIP tickets. This sounds legit. 000. This sounds legit. <laughs> I love Royce. Get these tickets. All that bleep head. Uh, you can find us on demand, Mackie oh, and Judd with Rami on scorenorth.com. I'm winning the quarterback poll. Just thought I'd throw that out there to close the show. How many pre- percentage of precincts reporting? Uh, I'm not sure. You mean yet. Phil's not winning? <laughs> Phil is getting crushed. Andy Dalton, okay. Because he drafted an awful team.